Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 38 of the Nomads of Fantasy podcast. My name is Brandon. I am your host, and I'm also here with Dave. Wake up. Time to die. <laughs> yep, that's a good one. And Eric? I want more life, father. <laughs> Aw. Please, yeah. sir. You guys went with the first movie. Uh, these are quotes from the movie Blade Runner, and we watched both Blade Runner uh, movies, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Correct. So it's one of those movies that I think you just need to, whether you like them or not, you just you kind of have to watch them, especially if you like sci-fi, if you like anything cyberpunk, you kind of got to see one of the movies that influenced a lot of this stuff. So yeah, we watched them. Uh, we watched them both. I have no idea if you guys enjoyed both of them because I've seen both of them. Eric, I know you haven't seen either. I've seen neither of them. And Dave saw the Just first the one, first. but not the second one. So this is a but, good this is a good mix. And I watched the I think I watched the original release. I didn't watch any of the director's cuts or final cuts or right because the, the first movie has like seven versions or something like that. There's yeah, it's kind of insane how many versions <laughs> came out of this one. You don't know which one to watch or what, but we decided on the final cut because that was the one Ridley Scott had complete control over. Yes, and we're going to have to get into that, honestly. I really think we have to, but uh, before we do, let's just catch up. Uh, let's go with Eric. What have you been doing since our last episode? Uh, I haven't been doing a whole lot, but one thing, one game that I kind of fell into that I've been meaning to get to for a very long time is uh, it's called Moonlighter. Um mm. It's a little indie game developed by Digital Sun Games. Um, It's on Game Pass, but I had it downloaded on Game Pass for like months and months. It's one of those games where I just download it. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. And then I never got to it. And then there was a sale on Switch a couple months ago where it was like super like dirt cheap, like five bucks or something. I'm like, maybe if I buy it on Switch, I'll get the motivation to play it. Just, you know, have a little game that I could play in bed or whatever. So I finally got around to that, and I'm super glad that I did because I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, have you guys it's checked cool, this one out? I played it a while ago, when it, I think when it first came to Game Pass. Yeah, it's I didn't been like out the for store. This is the one with the store, right? And you got to yeah. go. And, you didn't like that? Like, oh, my I God, like, I love it. And that's it. when I stopped. I was like, and we're out. Dude, it's, <laughs> well, if you don't know what Moonlighter is, it's like, it's very Zelda inspired, like inspired by the original like NES Zelda. A little bit of link to the past, but like that's kind of how the dungeons are structured. Like there's square rooms, you have enemies, you clear the rooms, the doors open up, you move on, and there's a boss at the end of each dungeon. Um and the combat and everything I think feels really nice, but the star for me is the, like the shopkeeping stuff. Um so you have these like two elements to it. And one kind of feeds into the other because you go dungeon crawling, you collect all these materials, um, and then you go back to your shop and you set it up and you set the prices and sell them. And you kind of have to play the market a little bit. Like these items will either go up or down in demand. It's a lot of like supply and demand type stuff that you have to balance. Um, That's and people, cool. 
people will have reactions to the prices that you're selling them at. So if people, <laughs> no, like, no, no, that doesn't that doesn't sound fun at all, <laughs> dude. It's yeah. great. I love it. So yeah. you got to balance like the going too far in the dungeons or like exactly extra rooms to try and find more treasure so you can get back to the village and sell more shit. Yeah, because yeah, you can yeah. get you can get too greedy and be like, oh, I could do you know one more floor of this dungeon because. I only beat the first dungeon so far and the first dungeon has three floors and then a big boss. So if you, you know, get through the first floor or the second floor, you're like, nah, I could keep going, but then you can get caught and die and lose all of your stuff that you uh, collected, you know? Um, so, or, and there's this mechanic where you can kind of opt out of a dungeon at any time and you pay like, I don't know, 200 gold or something and it transports you back to town. And that's how you get to keep all your stuff. Um, so your goal, I really love games that do this where it maps out the entire game right in the beginning. So like there's four dungeons, you know that you have to beat all these four dungeons to beat the game. But to do that, you have to upgrade your shop to, you know, uh, get more money to get more better weapons to progress further in the dungeon. So it's just this really satisfying gameplay loop. Um, that I'm really finding and really enjoying. And it's like the perfect game to have on Switch because I'll pop it on the TV, play for an hour or two, and then take it off the dock and, I don't know, play in bed or on the couch or whatever. So I was just saying that, too, because you can always stop, like, at the end of a dungeon run. Or you can start when you set up mm-hmm. your shop for the next day and be like, just pop it off and, you know, that you come back and just jump right into it and go dungeon crawling again. Yep. That's a cool one, though. Perfect. Yeah, perfect little Switch game. Definitely going to keep playing that one. Um, I... There's a pretty crazy sale. I don't know if it's going on on Xbox still right now, but I picked up, I posted this in the Discord for you guys, but I picked up the Arkham Collection or Trilogy, mm-hmm. and I picked up the... Which are the Batman games yep. by Rocksteady. So that includes that Arkham, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. And so all three all, of those games are amazing. All yeah. of the DLC included as well for like $8. And That's wow. a steal, dude. And then the Middle Earth uh, Mordor collection, yes, which includes both games, uh, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, and all DLC as well. That was like 10 bucks. So I picked both of those collections up, and I intend on playing through all the Batman games first, because I I got super far in Asylum, but never finished it. I played a bit of City, but I, and then I never touched Night, so I really want to... Okay. Is that the order it was? City was two? City was two. Yeah. Yep. So I have every. I love. I literally give ten out of ten to all three of those games. I love them, even with even with some of their faults and some of them, like I I and they're playable still. Like I went back and played Arkham Asylum. I'm like, I'm gonna play this again, and it holds up. It that game holds up, and that was the first one. And they're all familiar to go back to too, because so many games now have stolen the combat system from it. Oh yeah. It's so like Mordor. Mordor. I was gonna say even Mordor. <laughs> yeah, they go hand in hand for sure. It was just nice. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and they're they're not like super long games either. Like Asylum's pretty short. It's like ten hours or something. And then City and Night are a little bit longer, fifteen ish. Yeah, the DLC. Well, I feel like there's a big jump though uh, of time for the campaign with the first one, Ar- Arkham Asylum, because it's more intimate. You're in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. only like a few buildings, and you're kind of going back and forth with those buildings. It's more it's like more Metrovania style, right? Yeah. And then it really opens up to the city because you can fly around, 
And then the third one, you get the Batmobile so you can drive around. So you can just, it just gets bigger and bigger. But the DLC, man, I don't know. Like the way that those games work is you'll be doing a mission and then you'll just say like, wait a minute. Is that like the penguin? Is the penguin over there fucking with me right now? And you're like, you don't know if it's part of the main quest or not. So then you'll investigate it and like, oh, I can come back or, oh shit, Harley Quinn's over here. So they, they'll sprinkle in the character. So it's this really lit, really cool, like alive, open world city, you know? So you could probably spend a lot of time just playing those games, but the Mordor games are great as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just played different. I played Shadow of Mordor, but again, never beat it and never played Shadow of War. So kind of wanted to pick these games up and give them a second chance. I've been chipping away at that game forever because it like Dave, you know, it opens up like once you kind of do the main area, then it becomes like this whole strategy game where you're taking over areas, areas of the map and you start taking over the orcs and they were you build your own army and you're basically the end game is like this. It's kind of a grind fest, but there's a good variety of gameplay, but you're just making these massive armies to attack each other. And I attacking the strongholds is a really super cool part. Like, cause you can have, you know, depending on the orcs that you have, you go into <laughs> battle with different stuff, but yeah, it's, those are super cool. I was the nemesis system in the first one too. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That needs to be in more things. It really should. That's a whole different story. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I played, other than that, I played a couple other little Game Pass games with William, my uh, two-year-old. Um, we played, We I I like doing this, like, he always wants to play a game, so I just scroll through Game Pass, and he'll just point to, like, one that he thinks looks cool or whatever, and he's like, I want to play that one. Mm-hmm. So we tried out Battletoads. He wasn't a huge fan of that. Oh, I love Battletoads. Well, that's, that's tough for kids, too. Um I mean, he doesn't. He's not really playing yet. He's mostly just watching me. But he, he wow. didn't love the, the Battle Toads. We tried. Um, there's this Ben Ten game that he really enjoyed. Well, he was really liking that one. He, he he's never seen Ben Ten. He doesn't know what it is. But he's like Ben Ten game. I'm like, okay, you want to play that one? Sure. My kid was the same way with that one. I don't know. It's some sort of like I don't know if they get it from school kids or what, but they just pick up on these things. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then there's this other game. It's called uh, Taiko no Tetsuchin, the Drum Master, um, and it's like a rhythm drum game. It's like Japanese. There's like all kinds of anime music, and that one he was <laughs> like fell in love with. Like he's just dancing to the music. He's dancing to all this anime music, and he's always like, "I want to play the drum game." I'm like, "Okay, let's go." I don't like just it's just button presses. It's just button right? presses. There is like what a drum doing? peripheral that you can get. Um, but I don't know if they make one for Xbox. I I Googled it, did a quick Google, and I couldn't really come up with anything, but like it's whatever. It's, he's having a good enough time just with the watching and dance to the music. So that was a fun little one to check out. Um, but that was really about it for me. Haven't really watched a ton or done much other than that. Um what about you, Dave? Uh, I didn't actually get a ton this week either. Um, <clears throat> kept on playing Nobody Saves the World for a little while. That one's that one's kind of grindy. Um, after I fail in a dungeon, I get kind of just jump over to something else. Um, Windjammers was that something else this week too. Been still trying to figure that game out. Haven't played it online again since, but um, still a little bit of those two. Nobody Saves the World, like uh, you're starting to get into like the 
four different effects that people can block from and you know, I'm just starting to get guys with those four different combat abilities. So it's yeah, I fell off to a flesh bit. itself out, but I fell off a bit of that as artwork. well. Artwork. I don't think we mentioned the artwork last week. The artwork in that game is like so smooth and I checked it know, out because know, last good. week I said that the artwork was a turnoff to me. It looked like a flash game. It it looked really lame. But when I saw it in motion, I was like, Oh, okay, yeah. this is actually pretty slick, very mm-hmm. smooth. Yeah, very yeah, it's a good way of putting it. They're like uh, almost like vector animations kind of. But it's got that like Bethesda E smoothness and crispness to it, but that one's good. Um the only other thing I really did this week was uh with Boba Fett and Mando going on, um pulling from a lot of old Star Wars stuff. There's a lot of references going on. You watched an episode watching, too. Yeah. Start watching uh, Clone Wars, dude. Oh, I okay. I forgot to mention that I did kind I did watch a couple episodes of Clone Wars too. It's kind of nice because I watched like almost the whole first season, then I was getting into the second one, and um, they have like episodes that are like just Jar Jar running around, and I'm like, I don't want to yeah, watch this. Some of them are filler, or so, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the one nice thing that they have on Disney Plus is they have a category, yeah, for like the Ahsoka, the essential or something clone, like that, essential Clone Wars, mm-hmm. yeah, or the essential ones have like. They hit all the big things. They hit all the big episodes. Yeah, super I was just smart. getting into like the Darth Maul stuff, but like finding mm-hmm. out that Obi Wan has a crush on the Mandalorian Queen and like all sorts of that. Just like little stuff that you're getting in there. There's some dark saber episodes where you know you get to see the explanation where that came from and all that kind of stuff. So that playing watching that made me. I got in a couple rounds of Battlefront the other night too. Battlefront Two is. Like, they've done a pretty good job updating that game. Like, it got shit on pretty hard at launch. Dude, yeah, I got and I got really into Battlefront 2 probably last year, like, for a while, like a month or so. I was just playing it, like, yeah. every night. And it is just, like, it's kind of just, like, a mishmash of Star Wars stuff. Like, it's kind of batshit crazy. Dude, it's got, like, like the ultimate Star Wars <laughs> fantasy, you know? You can pretty much do whatever you want. You could have, like, you could have Rey fighting fucking Darth Maul or yeah. General Grievous fighting, I don't know, Yoda, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm running around on Hoth, and there's, like, I saw me and this other guy running around like assholes as Ewoks going, burr, 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 mm-hmm. like, with our horns on fucking Hoth on a desert planet. It was just completely asinine it's and It's like the adult and, version of, like, playing with your action figures and just mashing really them is. up, you know? <laughs> yeah. That one, that one's fun just for like, just seeing the the detail and the levels, seeing just, yeah. you know, the buildings walking inside the cantina and just looking around and so much detail for, like for a first person shooter where you're just running past all the shit. Like if you stop and look at stuff, it's pretty amazing. The amount of detail that they put into it. I, yeah. I play third. Am I the weird one here? So shooting, shooting, I'm playing first person. If I'm just running around, I like to see my character in third person. But as soon as like there's action going on, I got to switch to first person. Huh. Okay. I'll have to give that a try. I've not, I've always just considered battlefield like a or battlefront, uh, third person jammer, but, uh, that was about it. A little couple games, some clone wars, some battlefront. That's it for me. Brando. Uh, the Brandalorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have only been kind of jamming out on, I'm still, you know, I got the Xbox Series X, so I'm just going through the, all the games that had Humble those Humble 
And well, no, but I'm just saying that like it's cool, you know, kind of going back to a game, and it was 30 frames a second, and then going back and seeing it at 60 frame, like Skyrim. Mm-hmm. You know, it just mm-hmm. was like this is this is dude. It makes it feel like a new game. I, sw- I, I makes swear. it feel like a new game. That's, that's it was really nice. I was like, wow, this is really smooth because that game's not always a steady 30. It, it will dip if it's crazy animation. So that game is. It was refreshing. I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on. I can't lose myself to you just yet. But hold on, I, you know, and I downloaded all my mods and set that up. So I thought that was really cool. If you are thinking about checking out Skyrim and you haven't, you know, revisited it since you know last gen, I think it's it's very refreshing. Like Eric said, it's it's almost like a new game. So, but uh, no, the only thing I really checked out this weekend that I was thought it was kind of cool is a game called Echo Generation. Mm-hmm. And it's on Game Pass. It's only on Xbox and PC, I think I saw. came out in 2020, but it's on Game Pass. Newer edition. And it's a shorter game, I think. Not too long. Uh, six, ten hours, something like that. But well, the, I've never heard of this. What is this? It's this Stranger Things kind of game. And it looks like... Ah, it kind of, it's like the South Park video games. Okay. As as far as gameplay. Like the combat? Like, yeah. The combat combat. and, yeah, turn-based combat when you, if you, you know, you run into something, but you're also exploring and you're kind of doing adventure kind of stuff where you're like trying to like, oh, you need a wrench. All right, we're going to get a wrench. I'll find our, all right, there's a (laughs) wrench, you know. Um, It's really, it's cute. It's got the Stranger, Stranger Things theme going on where your kids and you're trying to solve like an alien crash and all this stuff but uh it looks like minecraft graphics but it plays like south park you know stick of truth or whatever oh uh, sweet that sounds cool so yeah i think it's worth checking out uh i'm tempted to have a guide with me just because i'm not that invested in the gameplay but i do enjoy looking at it it's really attractive they have even though it has this very blocky almost minecrafty kind of look the camera is so focused on where you're playing that anything behind behind you instantly becomes like kind of blurred out so it really has this cool effect that makes you feel let's go cool. i'm looking at this now it's like voxels They're like little little tiny bricks that everything's made out of. yep Sweet. I don't know. I like it. It was cool. I downloaded it a while ago, and I never got around to it. And I did. And I'm like, and I will say here on the show that I, I think it's cool. I think it's a little different, kind of cute little game. But it has a very mature uh, theme. I don't think it's for kids. You know, <laughs> there's like a missing kid that I'm guaranteed is dead and buried in somebody's backyard. And there's like this guy's house. He's like the principal, and you can walk in his house. But when you go in there, the music instantly becomes very dark and scary. Like the music in this game. I'm glad I'm remembering this. The music in this game is very good, especially when it goes to the scary stuff. It's, I don't know who did it. Co, huh. Coco Cucumber is the name of the studio, and whoever's doing their music, I didn't look at that part, but man, it is really good. So that's it. A little indie game uh, for Game Pass huh. that I was playing. Sweet. So other than that, okay, let's get into Blade Runner after this.
And we're back for Act 2, talking about Blade Runner. That's right, that weird sci-fi that we've all heard about. It's one of those movies where it's like, ah, oh, you know, I saw it back in the day and I liked it, <laughs> you know, or, oh, that movie's awesome, or that may- movie makes me fall asleep. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just one of those movies, you know, kind of like what we did with Akira, right? Where you just know it's this older anime but it influenced a lot of things after it and i would have to agree that ridley scott's original blade runner the the cut that most people probably saw in the theater it was probably very influential if you saw it and i can see why people complain about it being slow but to catch up on why we're talking about it and that was a horrible kind of summary of the movie but i don't know maybe i'm right i don't know i feel like you know, we, we, don't bury we know the lead. Don't... don't bury the lead. We're talking about two movies here. Yeah, but, that's true. But we're talking about yeah, both of those movies, and I've seen both of them. Eric hasn't seen either of them, and Dave has seen one, but not the newer one, which is the mm-hmm. Blade Runner two thousand forty nine. Forty nine. So let's just get out of the way. I enjoy both of these movies. I love these movies, but I can see their faults. But other than that, I would love to hear. Let's start with Dave, and then we'll go to Eric, the, the young gun over here who hasn't seen either. So, Dave, <laughs> what do you think, dude? Uh, seeing it again, I mean, uh, the, the high point of the first one is, like, the atmosphere and the setting and the music and all that stuff. The story is good. It raises some philosophical questions, I guess. But I liked, I liked that one. I liked the second one better than I liked the first one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The CG helped it feel a lot more cyberpunky and felt you could flesh out the world more. Um, but I thought that was just a better, a better paced one. The first one was a bit of a slog at points. We'll just say, but it's, I think the atmosphere and the setting and all this stuff, I mean, it's a noir film cause it's detective mm-hmm. story at night. So it's kind of gotta be a little bit slow. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the second yeah. one way much less so, but, uh, I think, yeah, the second one kind of took and like it, it's not possible without the first one, really, because everything kind of plays into well, the some next argue movie. that this is one of the best sequels that you that's been made where it came so much that. later and there's so much oh, yeah. hype and there's so many pitfalls you could fall into to make it trash. And I feel like this is a very respectful sequel to a movie with a very yeah. weird position in cinema. But. They built on it in some smart ways. Yeah, you're right. How about you, Eric? Let's mm-hmm. let's hear what you got. Yeah, what does Eric got over there? Um, Overall, I would say that I'm, I feel like I'm pretty in line with Dave. Like, I liked both of them. Uh, The star of the first one was definitely the setting, the cyberpunk setting. Um, And I don't know. I feel like I did like, I would say I probably liked the second one better. Um the story maybe was a little bit i feel like they were i don't know reaching a little bit too far there uh but we can get into the story and plot details a little bit the first one was just so simple like there really is a very simple story going on in the there first really one. is no yeah. story in the first one. he's I, literally I, I, just was, hunting down these replicants yeah. and that's really barely it. though he's barely if you look at so i've seen barely. this movie so many times and i was watching it this time and i'm noticing because i'm i'm going in there like i know the story I'm going to look at the environment the whole time. And it is it is insane how much detail there is. But other than that, the story is, I was like, wow, 
He gets called in. It's so like tropey. We're like, he's I'm out of the game, but we need you. It's got to be you. And then mm-hmm. he, they they run him down with the job, and then he doesn't do any detective work. Just goes home. He and does gets a little bit. He does a little bit in the, the beginning. The enhanced scene where he's going. He's it. Well, he goes into that apartment in the beginning, and he finds the goop in the bathtub, like the replicant goop. Well, we find like out thing from that it's from a snake. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's like a snake scale, a synthetic snake scale, and that gives him the lead that he needs on that one, like whatever I don't know what she was, like dancer, snake lady. Replicant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. after that, then he lucks into the second guy because the second guy jumps him. Leon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that and then he's going to investigate the last guy when he just runs into the last two of them. So I guess yeah, that is a good compared point. to the first it's true. Uh, compared to the second movie, I think that's he's he really is a detective. I feel like he's always going on location and really kind oh, of yeah. it's it's much longer and slower and stuff like that. So I think we get to see that where Decker's character it's kind of it's well, a, I wouldn't say it's sloppy, but dude, he's jaded. He doesn't want to do this job, so it makes sense. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah, like he's reluctant. He's, like you said, yeah, he doesn't want to do this job. He was dragged back on to, you know, to hunt down these replicants when it's clear throughout the entire movie that he doesn't like what he's doing. Like he doesn't want to kill these replicants, but it's you know, it's his job. He agreed to do it, so he's gonna do it. And clearly. From the from the way they make it sound in the movie, he's like one of the best at doing it, which doesn't really show because he gets his ass kicked. Dude, I know. They just like here's how let's just it's a shit kick out. They just talk up Yeah, they say he's the best, but when he tries to go undercover with the uh the snake woman, mm-hmm. that voice that he did, <laughs> Oh my the, god. The nerdy voice is great. It was funny. <laughs> Excuse me, Miss Salome, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm from the American Federation of Variety Artists. Yeah? I'm not here to make you join. No, ma'am. That's not my department. Actually, uh... I'm from the uh, Confidential Committee on Moral Abuses. I was like, this is the what the best can do, you know? It's and like then he... Clark Kent. His, he just becomes a reporter all of a sudden. You didn't even... You blinked your eyes and you didn't even notice he changed characters. <laughs> all he's good at is chasing down like all, the way he killed the snake lady is he just ran after her through the street and was just firing his gun randomly until down. she so died he's the best <laughs> so, he's the best i don't know this like the whole first movie i like there's the whole weird rachel like there's the real rapey scene that happens in the middle yeah of that. i did not i, I did I'm not saying. like that yeah decker is not a good cop no he's not, not good at what he does guy. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's the he's... bad guy of the movie. Like you feel bad for the replicants in the beginning because they're just being, like they're being used and hunted down like trash, basically. Mm-hmm. And just you know, we see that more in the second movie with, like how the owner of Tyrell, Jared Leto's guy, treats his replicants. But they literally treat him like possession. So you feel bad for the replicants. I think the good guy of the movie is uh, who's the guy at the end? Roy. Mm-hmm. Well, the blonde you, guy. You, and his this is one of those movies best. where you. Yeah, you sympathize. I mean, they do evil things. Let's not forget that they are killing well, their they, way to what they want. But they're they know that their time's limited. They well, just have no. They idea. were. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason, obviously, why they're doing it because they are taken advantage of and they're being used as slave labor. And like, it's literally. I mean, it's clearly an allegory for like slavery and stuff because they're absolutely rebelling. They're making their own like movement. They're building this army to try to rebel and gain their freedom. Um, but yeah, it's tough in the first one because 
these Nexus six models only have a four year lifespan. So like, you know, they kind of have to fight for (laughs) what they believe in, in this short amount of time. Um, and we see that at the end with Roy, cause I mean, he kind of, uh, dies right after he saves Deckard. Like is uh, it yes. is there a four year lifespan on them because they go crazy at a certain point? Is that what it is? It's an, because it's, it's a limitation on the technology. Yeah, to keep them so they don't gain their own freedom in life. They they purposely built the sin, uh, so that they will eventually die. Because if they keep learning and and kind of keeping their so the, I think watching both of these movies, the whole thing is about, um, what is self identity. Mm-hmm memory and uh, like memories and like just our relationship with our memories. So there are memories that you, we all have of our childhood. Now the replicants, obviously they don't know what's theirs and what's not. Most of them are implanted. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the, the thing with the second words is like, wait, maybe yep. I'm not a replicant. Turns out you are a rep- replicant. Those memories were fake. There were somebody else's, but like we have our memories, but we lose some of the details. So what's, accurate you you kind of have some things the older you get the more you forget and it's just all those things that you personally got to witness is very special to you and it's a shame that every time we die every inside joke every secret recipe every special moment even if nobody was around it was just you and a fucking animal and just had a moment and nobody would ever saw it all these memories will be lost right Roy's character does this at the beautifully at the end of the first one when he ad libs or embellishes or kind of does his own thing and he comes up with that great delivery where he's in the rain. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams. Glitter in the dark near the ten house gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time. In the second movie, then we see Katie come Joe. Uh, Joe's character also passes away, but he also lets go. And he's he just reflects on his personal memories. He had a girlfriend. He had purpose. You know, he stood up for something and mm-hmm. uh, he had his memories. So Well, that one goes like... You know what makes what makes something sentient? Is it the sum of your memories? Is it like what gives you the soul? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it raises a lot of those yeah. questions because in the second one you see his AI girlfriend, and she kind of like she has she's a projector basically on the ceiling, and he gets this cool thing where he can project her out wherever. But like at what point? Like and you see her. It's weird because it's kind of a I don't know. You don't notice that she is, she's like Alexa, basically. Like later in the movies, you see fucking billboards for her and it's the same person. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. This I is know. like fucking it weird. with you. Yeah. Right. And like and he has his relationship with his, I don't know, his version of her. 
but like joy yeah yeah at what point does she become like a real person even though she's an ai stuck in a computer like when she i mean she has like she takes over the the prostitute's body yeah like that was uh that was crazy what did you think what did you guys think of the technology because like the 80s one you know haha 80s you know but it doesn't throw me out how they handled 80s in it's very but for this new one what did you think of the technology because you know they're kind of predicting some shit i mean for I mean, if we're talking about the 80s one, it definitely informed a lot of the cyberpunk, you know, aesthetic and things that we see today in like cyberpunk lore and everything, Um, which I guess if I guess if someone's listening to this, how would you define cyberpunk if you were just to explain it to somebody? I would say I think it's neon colors and a blend of human and technology. And sometimes there's androids mm-hmm. or bio and it's always like a dystopian future it's a, a dark rainy city usually <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of sex a lot of slavery, oh, yeah. prostitution yeah yeah so it definitely informed a lot of that look that we see and that we know you know in the cyberpunk uh lore and everything um but yeah i thought the second one handled the look really great i thought the city looked amazing and like the vehicles and everything were really convincing for that uh you know takes place in 2049 california los angeles so um yeah i liked it the it's 80s one cra- yeah it's kind of crazy how, like the 80s one like held up like yeah the I cars held and up stuff. Well, really well yeah the like, cars are cool the car designs the yeah it was kind of weird it's got that weird the like, style like fits really scott's like futuristic like when you look at this ship on aliens or alien or whatever one it's just like walls of buttons everywhere with like the mm-hmm. label it's like that star wars like future well i made a note just, like, i made a note saying that like all this stuff looks super high tech but very impractical you know yeah like it's, it's not like i figured out their ui right exactly or like the cars are so blocky like they don't look aerodynamic at all you know it's yeah. not really function or practicality it's more for like style I learned I something. I appreciate that look. I learned something uh, about these movies, uh, specifically what we're talking about. So there is a screen in Decker's car in the first one, and something pops up, either an emergency or it's maybe booting up or whatever. But it's the same screen that's used in Aliens, which is mm. also, I'm sorry, Alien. And that is another Ridley Scott film. So is are they in the same world? Is what I'm I did notice, to. like the sounds as well were similar. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. I, sure. It wouldn't make sense because there's tons of off-world stuff going on in uh, the Blade Runner movies. Which is know. cool that like Blade Runner is so grounded and kind of, it's not. I mean, you do traverse in some areas, but it it just stays on Earth. We don't. We know that there's they talk about. But we it. never. Yeah, I love that they talk about it. I, I mean, this is a movie. Where it's kind of like genre defining, even if it's not a masterpiece to some people, it's like it's a, it's kind of a dull movie, and you don't get it, or the acting isn't great, especially if you watch the voiceovers that Harrison Ford has to do for the original version, which Dave you saw, but the final yeah, cut really's got pull that out. Yeah, I think the ending was different too. I I'd have to check on that, but they changed the ending. They got rid of in the final cut. He did some good things. He did some bad things. Like one, everybody knows it's better when Decker is not a replicant, right? Right. And I think it's very obvious in the movie that he's not 
a replicant. I don't think he is either because he w- he wouldn't live. But Ridley that long. Scott wants him to be in his final cut version, but everybody else in the production team did not want that. I'm sure you guys have noticed it, like in especially in the first one. I don't know if they do it in the second one at all, but anyone who's a replicant, you see that little like reflection flash yeah. in the red their eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. So you can tell who's a replicant, who's not. They even do it with like the owl and like some of the Correct. animals and stuff. Because so, animals are like, I love that. They're it's all like synthetic. They They're rare. Yeah, if you want a horse, man, like this is real wood. I could get you a horse for this p- little piece of wood. I'm like, man, wood is even harder to find than. <laughs> that's true. Like it's very hard to find like a, Dude, a living tree. And Doctor Badger can get it for you. Doctor Badger, Badger can get it for you. <laughs> that was one of the quotes I wrote down. I forgot about that one. That's good. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the, like you said, the world building is just fantastic because clearly this is a dystopian future. Some big event happened where like it kind of like wiped out the surrounding areas. We see it more in the second one where they go outside the city and they go to yeah, like, yeah. the Vegas area. Yeah, Vegas and it's all like a... a desert. Like there's nothing there. Vegas there's... is so cool. It was like the most attractive cinema I've seen in a long time. Mm hmm. So good. With the Everything's statues yellow and, and everything's yeah. white. Yeah. The way he's the, like walking in that The statues are so ominous. Like you just see it. them appear, you know, in the distance and everything. Like you don't know what it is. But yeah, that, that was some really cool cinematography. The there. languages I also noticed, like when we're, talk, we're talking about world building, the everybody has these different languages. If you look at these, both of these movies, it's just an explosion of languages. There's not just mm-hmm. English everywhere. Even though main characters speak English, signs and in the background you'll hear other voices or other accents or not accents but other languages and it's just a nice touch and we see a lot of cultures in these movies and I thought that was really cool even some of the accents like the 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 one that turns out to be the daughter at the end of the second movie Mm -hmm. she's in that bubble she has this very weird accent is it French what was that I it made no know. sense, right? Because Rachel had an English accent. That was her mom, but she wasn't raised because Rachel passed away in birth. And Decker didn't raise her, so she was raised by other people. But the accent I thought was very interesting. Maybe this is an accent that you learn and you come up with when you're living in solitude mm-hmm. in a digital bubble there. But is that... I got to ask. Oh, Sorry. go ahead. I was going to say, while we're talking about the daughter, is is she living in a bubble on purpose or is her immune deficiency thing because of like she's a product of a human i was wondering if they if they fabricated that and i was that's the under that's the impression i was safe yeah that's the their whole thing was to uh kind of hide her hide her in plain sight like right under wallace's nose yes decker should she was working for open the door Hmm. and she can come out for the first time or something like that and it'd be very fitting because that's what happened with rachel and that you know it like kind of shows her another world and then even with uh joe with joy you know he takes her on that little portable version of her and takes her Mm -hmm. out in the rain and takes her out in places and having the protagonist taking somebody with them to show them another world it's kind of a nice touch theme it was a good it was a good i thought it hit like hit the nail on the head better with like the the metaphors for you know like what makes a replicant sentient what makes a human human that kind of stuff because like between the jared leto stuff and the ai stuff i thought it was a bit more obvious um i don't know well even in the the first even yeah well even in the first one they say in the beginning like 
they've made the replicants in every way like a human except for their emotions but we see clearly that they can learn and develop emotions because we see replicants crying like and that's clearly not programmed into them but somehow they can learn these emotions develop these emotions so there's something deeper you know going on there the first one when when the hero roy has his girlfriend murdered by that villain deckard uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, which Pris, I thought she was a fantastic replicant because she had like the facial features where it would like just change on a dime where you could tell that she was using people and you can tell oh, yeah. she was manipulating people. It was super good. Um, yep. But I mean, yeah, very good. I forget what I was going with it, but uh, Pris and Roy, I don't know where I was going, but they were fantastic in that one. What's up with the unicorn? It's just ignore the unicorn. That. It's 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 really Scott messing around with something that it's he's pulling a Lucas. Like just you gotta slap his hands on something. He's like, That's nice. <laughs> I like what you did there, but stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? I was like, was that a metaphor for something? Like I was trying so to figure he, out what that he was. He likes the idea of Decker being a replicant, so he's post creatively adding to the movie. So he added uh Decker having these dreams and and then you have his partner, who doesn't really work with him, he's giving these, leaving these origamis of animals. Uh, Gaff, you know. Edward James, almost. He yeah, was, I didn't even, good. I did not recognize him. He was so young. Mm-hmm. The threw oh, me for a loop when I. That was another thing. A question I had at the end of the first movie. So after Deckard comes back to his apartment with Rachel, at the end, or he comes to find Rachel in his apartment at the end, or whatever. Gaff was there, correct? Yeah. Because there yeah, was yeah. an origami thingy, blah, 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 blah. So Gaff basically decided, because there was a line where he said, like, you know, she will die, which we assumed that he was going to kill her or that somebody was going to kill her. But I think he meant that she was, you know, her lifespan was going to be up. But he was there, obviously, and she he let her go. So, so. it's very ambiguous. It's It's open for interpretation. And originally, we didn't know, and he said that, like, you know, what does he say? He says, uh... It's too bad she won't live! But then again, who does? So he says that thing, um, and we're like, okay, great. And then Decker kind of takes her, and they run. And the thing is, she's her own model, or her own version, or she's special, she's something different. Turns out, with the sequel especially, she's very special, because she can Mm. give birth. But, uh... He lets her live, and I think, you know, you got a blend of the original intentions of Decker is a human, and he's a man who's kind of given up on a lot of things, and he's very miserable, and he's just kind of a drunk, kind of aimless, and now he has purpose. So his right. purpose is to, he loves her, you know, even though it doesn't really come off screen, because I know the actors didn't get along, and the chemistry wasn't there, but whatever. That was one problem that was I very, I didn't, I didn't get yeah, that it's, at it's all. Yeah, ba- it's really bad, but... He's supposed like, to. That's the fault of this movie. Yeah, it turns the, from the like this bad. rapey scene to like all of a sudden they love each other and they're running away with each other. And I'm Correct. Like, okay. All right. But and then, he he protects her, and that was the thing. Like that him right. to leave, and that was his whole arc. And now you have that guy leaving the origami. He's like, this is like I know you're a replicant as well. You're the other one that's missing or something like that. You're one right. of them. That was what. Scott was trying to do, but I think originally people was like, no, it's better like what we originally planned, which was he's a human and he loves a replicant. 
that's so the point like that's the theme of this movie that's his whole redemption right there and i think that's why the second movie follows that and i think that's why they make it very clear right this guy is a replicant we might fuck around and make you think that he's not but we will literally tell you later on in the movie no you're a replicant and i was yeah i was questioning it the whole time which i think they did a good, really good job of very like good flip, flip-flopping back and forth like okay as soon as he went to um anna the doctor in the bubble and like he analyzed or she analyzed his memory and she's like it's real but I noticed that she was crying when she was looking at it. I'm like, why is she having such a more powerful, like emotional response? I'm like, is it just, you know, that emotional of a memory? It doesn't seem like it. So I was like, was there's got to be something memory. else going on there. Right. Um, and then at that point, I was like, OK, maybe he is real. And then so I kept flip flopping back and forth. Was it so her memory really or was it his memory? That was her memory. It's so it was Anna's memory that they implanted into Joe Mm-hmm. to kind of throw them off to keep her hidden um so like yeah that was that was kind of the whole the whole plan there and they they say how they like scrambled the records and saying that like there was two children and like the boy was the one that lived so that was another way of hiding her but then Kay finds out later that it was actually the daughter was the one that was born so there there's all kinds of things where they were misdirecting everybody so that they could keep her hidden from yeah, and then anybody finding out. Yeah, and Decorate has to straight up bail because it's like you're the dad, but you have to leave. The mom died in birth. You can't yeah, you cannot stay with her. We'll it's too raise dangerous. the ba- We'll raise the child. This child is so important. It's like mm-hmm. a Jesus kind of thing. It's just like this is this is not. It's like the chosen. Natural. Well, yeah, even chosen like that kind of thing. That yeah. revolution of replicants says like she's going to lead this army, this rebellion that is going to happen, which we don't see obviously. The movie ends before that happens, but she is like the one that is going to lead these people, these replicants. I don't know if we um, need to see that movie, but it's no, we cool don't need that to see it. it's cool that that's like it's like again, the world is just doing so much more than what's going on in the screen. The screen, especially in the first one, is very small. He's just like one dude taking out a couple renegade things. Ultimately, they're going to die off anyways. They weren't going to. There was. There was no point to it. They were all going to cease to exist. There was no way. That's to what reverse. I was thinking too. Like, just let them die out. You know, it's just a cool story, and it's just a guy hunting them down. Whatever, and he ends up losing at the end. He gets saved. Guy does a cool dialogue or monologue, and then the second one has way more story though. I did like the concept in the second one of these more advanced replicants because they talk about the Nexus Eights, who are like still like the bad bunch, but. They no longer have a lifespan on them. So they, you know, their lifespans are open ended. And then like Kay or Joe is the like latest iteration of the replicants that like are quote unquote under the human's control and they won't run or they won't rebel. Um, So I like that they advanced like the replicant technology. They had Wallace take over the Tyrell Corporation and keep uh, advancing that technology, which Jared Leto's character was freaking creepy and weird. Which I, I like. Yeah. I, thought I thought he was, he was good. good. He wasn't bad. I'm not a huge fan of it. I thought he was good. He definitely with that slick back hair. Definitely gave off the creepy vibe with the eyes and he's just especially like especially when he tried to bring back Rachel to use against Decker. Oh yeah, he's just like your stereotypical god complex. Like he thinks he's fucking you know. Like he even says like, well, Deckard asks him like, um, do you have children? And he's like, I have millions. I'm like, okay, dude. Well, the fact that he just 
gives birth to one kind of through his system and then he kills it in a very like weird way. It's just very yeah, that, does it in front of the other scene. replicant to kind of keep her in place. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do have a question. Sure. I do have a question. Fire. Brandon, this is more for you, I guess, or it could mm-hmm. be anyone's interpretation. Why are they called? Is there a reason why they're called Blade Runners or is that just a cool name? Like, is there oh, a I'm, story behind I that? I think it's a cool name. I think it's just a cool thing to say, but I'm sure there is some significance. I don't know. Oh. I, Blade Runner? Okay. I, it's, I've never even once thought about it. I thought it was just, you know, you live in a world and things come up, like names come up, and I thought that was just... Mm-hmm. A cool name for someone who uh, kills replicants. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't know. to know. The movie makes you think, though. Like, that's the one... The one part about it is it's that it's philosophical enough to make you think about what is real and what is not real like how do you even know what is real how do you know we're not living mm-hmm. in it we're not a simulation right now talking about androids in a different simulation like i don't know uh i was thinking about it and it made me feel bad for matrix like it made me like this is the kind of like philosophical head twistiness like mind fuckery that the matrix should have had like towards the end of it, it came. I don't know. Well, you have the benefit of thought. this of this only being one movie with the Matrix being a trilogy that yeah. you had to build off of and everything. But yeah, um, one thing you I did are like you comparing the like twenty forty nine to Matrix Resurrection. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Just I don't know. Just in general. One thing I did like about twenty forty nine, because um, we all, I mean, when this movie was coming out. Everybody knew that Deckard was going to show up eventually, but he didn't show up until like within the last hour of the movie. Like they held back and they built out Joe's story more and his character and everything. They gave him time to breathe like a full two hours. Well, they give um, us uh, the actress. Uh, was it Robin Wright? That yeah. Plays who? She plays the chief. Lieutenant. 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 Josh. Oh, yeah. Yep. Joshy. Or yeah. Madam. Madam. Yeah. I thought she was a cool character. Honestly, I loved all the characters in, in well, in both movies, but in the second one, like there's just no no throwaway characters. Uh and Even I like Batista. how Harrison Ford was they held off. Batista, yeah, he yeah, was I a thought, great I thought it started character. out very strong. Like, yeah, he made you feel emotional he made you feel bad for the replicants again, like, you know? hmm Yeah, and the the twist of uh at the beginning when we find out that K is a replicant hunting other replicants. Like that was an interesting twist. Um, because in the first one, you know, obviously Deckard is a human and there's this whole war going on between the humans and replicants. But the idea of, you know, kind of killing his own kind, which Batista's character Sapper, I think his name was in the movie, um, says like, you know, do you get joy out of killing your own kind and blah, 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 blah. So that, I thought that was an interesting concept that they brought into it. I'm glad that they made the main character in this one a replicant instead of a human. I thought that was way more effective, especially for his story arc that we see throughout the entire movie. We've talked about the story of both movies and you know there's not too much honestly there's not too much story there, but there's more to talk about the more more of the meat and the bones would be the the themes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're really trying to say with these movies, and it's based off of uh, that book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Hmm. Everybody knows all this stuff, but 
I, I want to get into the production of this movie where the music and I love that we could talk about both at the same time because the, you know they, they really did a good job keeping this movie connected to the first one mm-hmm. and advancing in all the right ways very respectfully so we can talk about these two movies at the, at, almost as the same but like the music the music is really good it really stands out to me it, it has this sexy synth saxophone sound it seems like early 80s sci-fi you know where we thought the things were going but it's so different it's the uh, atmosphere I love it. sets like the like it's very moody mm-hmm. uh, but it's all like synthesized very moody. but there is there is one bad song i'm sorry I had to be the bad guy here. In the first, mo- in the first movie, in the first movie, it's the sexy. I'm trying to sax- talk about sexy the sax- saxophone. Music. I knew you were gonna bring. I knew. I was, I was, it was the like, same exact thing. It was like Wait, weird scene. That- easy detective saxophone. The before the rapey scene. Yes. Oh, okay. Because you know that saxophone means that they're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie. I got up and got some of the snack on. <laughs> uh, but other, I mean, <laughs> otherwise, like the yeah, the synthesizers. Like it's not even just music music it's almost like i don't know like the atmospheric music where it's not like yeah. it doesn't have a rhythm all the time it doesn't have a beat all the time one thing i do want to bring up speaking of the music that was really cool and really effective was when um joe and deckard are fighting in that vegas lounge where like the virtual <laughs> elvis was Dude, singing and scene. the music keeps cutting out and like when it cuts out you can just hear like the grunts and the you know footsteps and everything and then it comes back in the music comes back in super loud and then it cuts out again like just the way that they kept bringing in and out the music and then like the visuals in the background with fucking elvis while deckard and joe are beating the shit out of each other like i thought well, that was very effective let's be honest i don't think anybody got the shit beat out of them then. No, Joe didn't. Joe didn't even punch him. And he didn't even fight back. You're right. Old man Decker just wailed. Dude, he was like, wailing on. Like, what's your problem, dude? I see why they. Everybody thinks you're the bad guy, but he's proving it there. Look, I don't want to hurt you, but you're not making it easy. Yeah. Shortly after that scene, um. Like when shit hits hits the fan and they take uh, Deckard, there's you're sp- you're still kind of in that you know is he or is he not the uh, the child or is he a replicant? Mm-hmm. But Joe literally bursts through a wall, <laughs> dude. And yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, obviously he's still a replicant and he he just thinks he's the human being, but he's not. Right. Deckard was like smashing his head into the wall and puts his but, face through a wall. But then again, I guess if you are a hybrid human replicant, maybe you can't burst through walls. So maybe I shouldn't say that yet. Just yet. That was I've weird... seen it a few times. So I don't. That scene threw me off because then, like, when the the prostitute slips the little tracker into his pocket, mm-hmm. I thought that she was working for the corporation, and that's how they found him. I wasn't sure what her motives were in the beginning yeah, until that, we see her and they rescue him. Yeah, threw Joe me way off end. because and that because then yeah, that's how they find Joe to rescue him. Mm-hmm. And they you know, only found him because they killed the madame or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then they turned back on the system and well, saw his way out in the desert somewhere. And they saw that they were already tracking him, so they kind of knew his location or something like that. What's up with the what's up with the bees in the desert? Sorry. 
just life just that they're that was, making yeah. bees like they're they're harvesting life so again. i'm ass- i'm assuming that was like deckard's bee colony and he was harvesting honey or something yeah okay yeah. i was just curious it was a little random i'm also why i mean i'm sure this is just like whatever plot armor or whatever but when um whatever wallace's dudes come and bust through the casino and capture deckard and uh beat up joe and everything why didn't they kill Joe? Like they could have just easily <laughs> killed him and that. ended that, and that then he never would have came to rescue Deckard. Like, I mean, they just—I guess they just left him for dead. Assumed he would die because he was like he really had plot injured. armor the whole time. He, they even in the—it's a cool see, scene with the water. I, it's just visually, ah oh man, these movies look good. Um, they're fighting in the water. She's doing some karate kicks to the face, runhouse kicks, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and she kicks his ass. And she just leaves and walks backwards and says, "Like, right, I'm better I'm than better. you." She doesn't. She doesn't like I'm make sure he's dead or anything. And I'm or like, the second right. time, that, yeah, that would be the second time that she just leaves him. Let but him he's go. like, "All right, fine." Go. And then he fight, finds her, and he's like, "I'm not gonna drown you. I'm gonna go for the extra ten seconds to make sure that you really are drowned, kind of." Right. Because all right, like yeah, you know, he, he he's pretty thorough. You're uh, waiting for I, her to pop back up at the end, like that was the the creepy shit there. A little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What did you guys think of Joe as a character? Because I don't think Decker's, there's not much to, to know really other than that. But like with Joe, I think, I mean, I thought he brought more to the table. But what what did you, yeah. what did you think of Ryan's performance as Joe? I mean, I love Ryan Gosling. I know. He's he's so cool. awesome. Um, but yeah, I thought he was a good character. Um, very, you know, obviously troubled. Got a lot going on inside of him. I mean, he's thrown for a loop with this whole thing of thinking, you know, is he the one that was born? Is he just a replicant? Blah, blah, blah. Is he human? You know, he doesn't, he has an identity crisis. He doesn't know what he is. Um, and we kind of see him, well, he doesn't have a great life because, like, there's still tons of discrimination and stuff going on against replicants. Like, <laughs> there's even, they even have their own, like, slang for them. They call them skin jobs. Like, that's a derogatory term Scanner. towards replicants. On his yeah, door. exactly. Yeah. So clearly, you know, everybody hates him. Um, he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any attachments. This is why he needs his like AI girlfriend. She's literally the only one that he has any sort of relationship with or attachment to. I I just feel really bad for him because he's got to feel super lonely. He's just these doing are his not job. movies that you're you go to like put you in a good mood you kind of gotta be (laughs) if you're depressed or something like that please don't watch those movies (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely but i'm glad he got a little bit of a redemption arc at the end because he got to save deckard and he had a purpose and he um allowed deckard to meet his daughter and everything and i think he kind of fulfilled his purpose right before you know he died uh Uh, a part of her did he die they leave it ambiguous because, like, hey, hey, yeah, a hit. we can I make another see, one. You know, I could see. I mean, I had out, somebody come out and like resuscitate him. I was wondering that too, because like he's a robot. Who knows? He had he had some injuries, but I that's what I assumed he died from was just his injuries. Like, oh, dude. I don't know. He didn't he didn't have a lifespan or anything. Um, he, so. he got stabbed multiple times. He did like, get stabbed. He got <laughs> shot too. I think she got like, him. Yeah, Deckard so, shot yeah. him over the railing. I think that chick shot him, and then she stabbed him a couple. Like, dude got fucked up. And that uh, Deckard asked a really interesting question at the end. There, he's like, "What am I to you?" And 
he didn't really have an answer for that because like it's weird because part of his daughter is in him you know so he i feel like he does feel a connection with deckard even though he's not really his like dad or anything that's that's kind of weird i never thought of that oh yeah i didn't think of that nice eric i like that Mm -hmm. so there's clearly some sort of connection with him um and i feel like that's why he wanted to save him because like those other uh rebellious replicants or whatever told him to kill deckard um like that's what they wanted him to do so that you know the the identity of his child would never be revealed um because he's really the only one who well he doesn't even really know but he has information to you know, be able to find her. So his job was to kill Deckard, but he ended up saving him because I feel like he did have this connection and he owed something to him. So I feel like that's why he ended up saving him. That is one of the cooler scenes when he like, when he sees the girl and he goes back to uh Lieutenant or whatever, and he starts failing all his tests. to like, make sure that he's mm-hmm. on a baseline or whatever. And then when he lies, like that's when like the shit starts rolling downhill. Like, you know, that, there's only a limited amount of time left for him anyways, but I was curious why they were on in such a hurry to bring Deckard back to his daughter. Why not stop at a doctor and get your shit fixed? <laughs> like we're in no hurry. Like she's, she's not going anywhere. She's trapped in a bubble. I, don't know. I mean, they probably had other of more of Wallace's goons hot on their tail after like he shot down their like three of their <laughs> ships or whatever. Well, that was a badass scene too. That was cool. And, well, I didn't even know, like, was that his car the whole time? Did he have guns on his car the whole time? Because I was like, how is he shooting these ships down? And I'm like, I guess he just has a turret on his car. Or if it was his police car? Yeah. I like that he had this drone that he could just talk that to. That was cool. Like, he just, like, yeah. stuck st- st- around to come back to the car. He just talks was... to it very casually, like he's been talking to it, like, for a long time, and it's not like Alexa, like, Alexa, play the Beatles. It's, you know, it's very smooth. I just like, he just talks about like somebody's. Well, they there. did. I feel like they use that as sort of a callback to like that enhanced scene. In the yeah, first one, the Deckard like, scene. Enhanced oh, okay. 32 to oh, 32 to 46 yeah. or whatever. And then he's using the drone to like, you know, fly around and inspect the uh-huh, desert area uh-huh. and everything. So there's a little bit of callback to that. I did notice, yeah, some some callback. One big callback that I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed this one, there was an Atari logo in both movies in the background. I saw it. Really big, big, big Big-ass neon Atari. And then in the first one, it was just kind of in a sign in the background. Hmm. So they kind of had a callback there, too, which I thought was funny. A lot of Coca-Cola okay. ads in the future, apparently. Coca-Cola, yeah. Or, like, giant... 12 like 10 story naked chicks that are like yep cat calling that at too. you as you're walking by i'm like wow this future is weird and i thought that was weird too because like that giant whatever joy version uh mentioned like i forgot exactly what she said but she called him joe too yeah so, well so, i know it makes you wonder did any of her intention because she's the one that says i always knew you were special that's exactly but was she just was she just, i mean like i think it over makes time you think she i think she did love him but i don't think i think she was programmed to love him i don't think yes. she really loved him I think probably she, all he was programmed to love whoever buys like you're not gonna yeah. buy an alexa yeah. if it doesn't listen it's really to you. sad love you. i think that was his moment of realization like you know, Good that he had job. to do something great. Because he was moping around that she uh, got destroyed or whatever, which was kind of a dick move from that. Uh, <laughs> love Happy, I think chick. her name was. Yeah. Her name, yeah, Love. 
Love. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Love. Crushed his girlfriend. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was his moment of realization. Or like, I don't know, was any of that actually real? And like, I don't know. He realizes that he needs to have some sort of like greater purpose after that. Yeah, and it's really nice. Like as a sequel. Like, I think they really did deliver on so many of the themes. There really is nothing to complain about the second movie. I mean, it's long and it's slow, and you kind of more or less should see the first one before this, so you got to go through that. So it's a bit of a hike. Mm -hmm. But I think if you like cinema, and I think if you like something that looks really good, I mean, we haven't really talked about this, but kind of a little bit around it. The visuals of this movie, just the way the lighting is done, uh in both movies, the first one when Decker is going through the final act through the I don't know hotel or whatever that apartment complex that guy was in, um, just the light how it's shooting through, and I know it's noir, but it just looks so good. And then you would see not only the lighting but these models, these miniatures that they had in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. They looked really cool. Mm -hmm. Like they had a lot of those, yeah. like advertising blimps that just have like spotlights oh, that are just like it. waving yeah. all have over the place. Have you played Final Fantasy like 7? Yeah. It's like totally based off of this movie. Oh yeah. Midgard yeah. Definitely. Yeah there was tons of like high contrast um, scenes like be illuminated and then complete darkness in the next you know. Just full and moving noir. light. It, it, like the light is always going through blind. If you're inside, there's light going through blinds. There's never mm -hmm. lights on. It's like always a lot from of the outside. The, yeah. A lot of the noir stuff. It's always stuff from the neon signs that. or, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But like even like this avant-garde, the, the second movie to the first movie, like they repeat a lot, like some of the same shots, like looking over the city in the very beginning. And then they see a little bit of the mm -hmm. inside of the car, but they do have a lot of those, like really far back views of like buildings with like a little car kind of flying through like in the distance mm -hmm. or whatever to kind of, I don't know, sets the, sets the mood. Cause everything's kind of like foggy and rainy and dirty and mm -hmm. shitty everywhere. So I don't know. I just love the idea of like, like that shot. I think it was in the second one of the city. Like you were saying, Dave, um, and like it's all just buildings. Like there's no space in between anything. There's like one little street, a couple little streets going down, but like you can tell that like there's just millions and millions of people packed into these buildings. And even in the first one, they mentioned like, cause uh, what's his name? JF Sebastian or whatever. He lives in this huge hotel, whatever, all alone. And they're like, are you the only one here? And he's like, yeah. He's like, housing's not a, a problem in this city. Cause like, everybody, everybody, that's left all Earth. it is. Yeah, exactly. And every, yeah, and everybody weird. left her and they have these huge empty buildings. It's, I don't know. It's just crazy that I, I really like that idea. There's a lot of abandoned areas and then there's a lot of crowded areas. Densely populated. Yeah. The people that are there are, that are still on earth seem to be like the leftovers or the weak or the sick or yeah, those who want to try to make, take advantage of it and make a lot of money. Maybe they're like, whatever, but you know, it makes you wonder if people are leaving Earth. Why is Tyrell on Earth still? Yeah, you know? it's just like why are you mm -hmm. still here? But whatever, I think Could he's just God complex. It's like I can't leave here. I, I'm 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 doing it so that people can leave and all that stuff. But which makes me wonder: Did Wallace? Because Wallace doesn't die in the second one. He kind of gets no, he doesn't being a jerk, yeah. right? So You're it makes right. me wonder. Like maybe I don't know if we will get a third movie, but. 
what if they did you know we could see hbo doing definitely hbo right having Do a series a Blade man Runner series it it would the be Blade so Runners are trying to kill jared leto fuck yeah Ooh. Or Does, not yeah, the Blade yes. Runners, or the, the all the replicants. The replicant army is rising up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't need any ma- major knaves in this, so you could no. you know, save a lot of your budget for production and just make sure you get, get the look right. And you kind of know the rules; it has to look like this, sound like this, and take your time. The, and oh. they could they could do so Move much. Slow. They could do so much in this within this world. Like it's so rich, and they don't have to do like a a Blade Runner like following a titular Blade Runner story where they're try- they're hunting down replicants. They can literally do anything they want in this universe, you know. I think a series would lend itself really well to that. Yeah. Or a video game. Follow I guess the- Cyberpunk kind of scratches yeah. video, right. A video game would actually be super cool. Kind of detective story. They had a couple, like, old video yeah, game adventure games, Blade, Blade Runner games Good back thing. in the day. But, huh. but yeah, I would, love, I would love if they brought that property to... Uh, Modern day. Give it to the team who did Alien Isolation because I think they get Scott. Yes. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I you completely know? agree. For sure. And just say, just make short stories that take place in this world and we'll be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they don't want to do it. But I think a TV show would be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, Blade Runner anime. Let's do it. Good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough they anime stuff. Dis- disagrees. Uh, is there anything that, I mean, we, you know, these are big movies. Uh, they're, like I said, you know, they're classics. The first one specifically, but, you know, I put them together because the sequels did such a good job. What else is there to talk about other than, like, can can you rec- <laughs> can you recommend this to people? Uh, or they got to watch it Sci-fi or cinema people, I guess I would, but um, I don't know. I think we'll see, I'll see, we'll see these movies we'll see another one eventually we have to um, or something else within this the blade runner universe yeah because it's it's gonna it's gonna weirdly creep into reality because the more that alexa and cortana and google and everything kind of move towards ai like we're gonna see more of these kind of things in reality mm-hmm. maybe certainly not in replicant form quite right away but uh it, it's coming, I'm sure, in the next 20 years. Who knows? Yeah. Blade Runner yeah, would, 2079. If you've never seen these movies like me, I would definitely recommend watching them as like a package deal. Just because like each story, like the first one or the second one ties in so well to the first one and vice versa. It really is like a sequel, even though it takes place like 30 years after the events of the first one. Um but they really play well into each other. And like you said, Brandon, I think this is a really great example of how to do like a revival of an old series, but also paying respect to the original. Cause this really does act as like a direct sequel to the first one. So yeah, I would definitely recommend watching them if you have any interest at all in like the cyberpunk genre, sci-fi um, and watch them both, watch them both together, both on HBO max, um, yeah, get in there. Really, Scott? I think he knows Ridley Scott. how to make good movies. He went through a good phase. You know, he had a lot of hits. I um, mean, we should probably say that he didn't direct the second movie, I guess. No, he did not. He did the guy who did it, Arrival. Yeah. Uh, the guy who did Arrival. But, I mean. He was, he was involved with it. Yeah, he hit the, I mean, it was kind of perfectly one-to-one. Like, you could, you could just tell that it's just a 
nicer, more technical version of the same genre. Yeah, I'm sure he was just there to make sure that they got the world right and everything and that it all made sense within the universe. Yeah, Uh, I would say my closing comment would be that watch this movie probably differently than you would watch other movies. I think there's a lot of good looking movies, but I think this movie is specifically made to be looked at. Uh, Really the first one. Uh, The first movie... In the very beginning, the editing is very, very off. I think that is on purpose. Just watch the opening scene, the interrogation, when he's going through the eye scan and, he's, and Leon's being in questioned. The editing, the timing between the way they talk to each other is very off and it throws you off and it's like, okay, something's weird. And they did that when Decker meets Rachel, I think maybe for the first time. There's... There's some quick edits and cuts and and it's, it throws you off. And I think they do this on purpose. The second movie does none of this. The second movie is just perfectly edited. It's very smooth and crisp and gorgeous to look at and all that stuff. But the first movie has some very bizarre editing. Uh, there's some cool YouTube essays that actually break down some of the scenes. I think there's more going on with the first one than you actually probably realize. So I'm just saying that. When you watch this movie, pay attention visually to as much as you can. Contrast, color, all that stuff. It's not a it's not a look at your phone movie. Mm-hmm. Like it is I know, it's like Akira. I every know, yeah. every frame is perfectly. Some people composed are gonna stare like off into the distance for like thirty seconds, and you're just gonna sit at them. You sit there watching them just stare, but resist every urge to look at your phone. If you're gonna start it after nine o'clock, maybe brew a pot of coffee. I will say, like you said, both of these movies took me like three days to watch because I fell asleep during the first one, finished it the next day, fell asleep during the second one, (laughs) had to to like break it out in chunks over the course of the day. I watched these over three days. It's the long shots. I think it's the long shots that do that because like I was the Roy scene where you know, he's dying on the rooftop and, you know, he finally like puts his head down and then they have the metaphorical dove flying off into the sky or whatever. Like you <laughs> literally watch slow motion Harrison Ford and then dude with his head down. It's I, it's literally just a minute of them just staring at each other. Like it doesn't help that this movie is basically a white noise machine. Cause there's always rain going <laughs> on in the background. So that's kind of probably what put me to sleep. Don't forget. Uh, don't forget. That's we good. watched the final cut in the final cut. There's monologue that was supposed to be there that they took out. So don't forget, he was supposed to talk there. I'm not sure why he kept me alive. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, dude, it's so bad. I kind of want to watch the original cut just to see how different it is. Eric, you should just go on YouTube and watch just like the monologue because it's so bad. He tried so hard to 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 underperform and ruin it so that the producers wouldn't be like, no, people won't know what's going on. Put it in. So they put it in. So the first, you know, kind of experience people had was him doing this horrible monologue. It's really but even even as bad as it is, it's got to explain. Like it's got to flesh out more of the story. I would assume. I'm gonna have to go back and watch this now. We don't need to. There's no story. He's. A, it's a simple story. Robots are dying on a on a on a timer, and he's got to kill them before they. Sure. Can, I mean, yeah. Whatever. The story's. Pretty, There's no need for it. It's just pretty whatever. simple. But I mean, like explaining out, I don't know. It depends what he says in it, I guess. If he's talking about what gives a replicant its soul or what gives a replicant life, 
then that might be helpful. I don't know. Yeah. Even as deadpan as shitty as he tried to make it be. So. I don't know why he saved my life. Maybe in those last moments he loved life more than he ever had before. Not just his life. Anybody's life. My life. All he'd wanted were the same answers the rest of us want. Where do I come from? Where am I going? How long have I got? All I could do was sit there and watch him die. Well, here we are. I mean, sure. we all agree that this movie, these two movies are great. You should watch them. Just know that, yes, you should have some caffeine in you. Uh, it's okay to watch these over a, a weekend or a week yeah <laughs> whatever i will say like even though i fell asleep it wasn't indicative of the quality of the <laughs> movies it's just the type of movie you know yeah. and like i don't think i lost anything watching it in chunks like i wasn't lost when i came back in after not watching it for a little while like it's one of those movies where you can watch over a period of time and you know you won't be lost because the story is not overly complicated yeah. or anything so okay all right well let's end this Let's go on to the third act, which is the game time. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, The game is called Soundtrack of My Life. Ooh, I like (laughs) that already. Oh, baby. Sorry to my alley. fun. Yep. All right, so let's take a break, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. We have returned, and it is game time. The game is called Soundtrack of My Life. <laughs> Aw, <it's> so sweet. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to go for, Soundtrack of Our Lives. But basically, we've watched a lot of movies, TV shows, played some video games, right? A lot of times, actually. Spent a lot of time with these, uh, these games and movies and stuff. So I thought, how fun would it be to pit Eric and Dave against each other and the first one to say their name can then guess what it is you get one shot and if you're wrong you cannot answer and the other person can sit there and let the song go longer until they think they know what it is so we're just guessing what the song is from so I just need you to tell me what movie video game or TV okay. show okay. it is from. Pretty simple. I mean, if you want to go be you know fancy and say it's specifically this or whatever, some things probably will have that. But other than that, yeah, just shout your name first, right. and I'll do my best to recognize who who said it first if it's that obvious. Other than that, good luck. Uh, I think if if we're into the song after a little bit and you're not getting it, then you're probably just not going to get it, and that'll just kill it. But other than that, um, good luck. Any oh, questions? I think we're good. I'm good. This is right up my alley. I don't have to remember. I know. I'm scared. I don't have to remember actors, movies, <laughs> or anything like that. I can just, 
I can just, just gotta yell listen out to the sound. Name. All right. Just yell out your name and then take a shot at what you think it is. And then, uh, Dave, I'm going to make you uh, capture the, uh, the points because I'm holding a phone. I, I'm, I'm to do scorekeeper. This. Scorekeeper. Scorekeeper, Dave. Okay, here we go. The first one is... Dave, Lord of the Rings. All right, that was fast. That was an easy one. That was a gimme I've been, for I've been Dave. Li- I've been listening to that, that one a lot lately. I've been watching, re- rewatching those movies. And I'm not a Lord of the right. Rings aficionado. Ooh. <laughs> okay, those ready? Are, yeah, I love those. Some Howard Shore. All right, ready? Eric, Eric, Eric. This is from Pixar's Up. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah, baby. I've seen this movie a thousand times. I know. Yeah, I I, I, I went and got you that one because I. So we're going to play the five, first the five. Um, So Dave's got one. Eric, you have one. Here we go. have an idea it sounds familiar Dave that's Star Wars you got it I was gonna say that but I just didn't recognize the beginning it was that yeah the beginning you know but yeah do you know what song specifically sounds like a sounds like a Leia theme it is oh there you go yep 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 yep. now that you say that I just earned some nerd cred right there Dave, is that the rain? Yeah. Is that the reigns of Castamere? Is that from Game of Thrones? Wow, David. Is it really? See, David kicked my butt with the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Dave knows his music. <laughs> it's, it's that sad, that sad right. cello right there that kind of makes me feel sad. I like heard it, and I instantly felt like my family was gonna get murdered. <laughs> What's the score there? Uh, it's three, it's to, three one. to one. Yeah, I think I'm already beat. Oh, we've got time. All right, ready? Uh, Hmm? Eric? Oh, Eric, that's Moana. (laughs) I'm getting all the Disney movies. (laughs) I love that you're getting the Disney movies. Yes, Moana. (laughs) Once the voice came in, I kind of, yeah. Oh, Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) I was ready to say like God of War or something, but then the the singing kicked in. I'm like, oh, Moana. Okay, this could go. I uh, this could go either way. I don't know. Dave's got time on you. Dave's got like 12 years on you, so he's just seen a lot more, played a lot more. Um, but we're gonna go with. We're going to go with this one and see what happens. 
Dave. It's Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's Ghostbusters. Oh, wow. I would not have. <laughs> All right. That would have took right. me a little right. while. I know that piano oh. anywhere. Sorry. That is... Oh, Dave, you're good. <laughs> oh, man. What are we One at One to victory for Dave. Four to two. I, I like this game. Let me look at my list and see if I can find some more Disney. <laughs> Give me the Disney. <laughs> I know, like, come on, dude. <laughs> I love it. I knew All this right. was going this way. He's going to get everything in there. He's going to get the six stuff. So. All right, here we go. Oh. Wait. I know what this is, Dave. Yes. Uh, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! I don't want to hear it anymore. I know it in my head. Oh, it's Jurassic Park. Yeah. I'm playing that in my. I'm playing the in my head, and I can't. Quite uh, get to that I should have went with my gut. I was gonna say Jurassic Park. Yep. There it is. No, uh, so Dave, five Dave, to he killed three? it. Five to two. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, I got a, one fun one. Yeah. yeah, I got I got one right here. Ready? Oh, Eric. Dave. I mean, yeah. That's Super Mario Brothers 2, right? But what's happening in the song? Like, what, what, what are we doing in the game? I just played this game today, so. Uh, what do you mean? I play I played Super Mario Brothers 2 today. No, I mean, I what do you mean? What's happening in the game? Oh, it's a character select screen. Yeah. Oh, character okay, select. okay. Yep. I always take you always take princess unless it's a sand level. Anybody knows that. I got another one, but I thought Dave would get this one as well. But we'll see what happens, and this will be the last one. Dave, that's Street Fighter 2. Oh, yeah. Height! What's... Who, what What level is it? What stage? Oh. Is that Guile? Yeah. See, if we ever go into a competition, Eric, we, you know, it's like one of those... Right, you're going to do this one, and you're going to do this one. If there's going to be a music and sound category, <laughs> Dave is going to represent... Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure, dude. It's just... I don't know. Uh, I like the... Uh, every every game has its own particular sound. I think it's just something to be said that in like two seconds you know what song it is, or like you're, something triggers inside you like, oh, I know what this is. Because like you can you almost hear that one note. You can close your eyes and just picture it visually, like what's going on. Yeah, it's hard sometimes based off of that. when you start at the beginning. Like Jurassic Park, it t took me a little bit. You know, I had to wait till it kicked in a little bit for me to be like, oh yeah, that's Jurassic that. Park. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't plug any social, Eric. We got right into it. <laughs> we, so we were why don't excited. You, if anybody's hanging out with us at the end here, uh, yeah, how? I don't know. What can they do? What, what's going on with social? Uh, yeah, I was dumb and just forget, completely forgot about social this week to ask anything. But if you want to interact with us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Nomads of Fantasy. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nomads of fantasy, TikTok at the nomads of fantasy. You can email us uh, at the nomads of fantasy at gmail.com or you can visit the, nom the nomads of fantasy.com. 
um, those are all your those are all your ways to reach out to us and get in touch with us. So please do, please rate, review, all that good stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing that. Uh, other than that, we are out of here. Uh, do what's going on next episode? Are we doing Firewatch? Brandon's favorite game. Uh, I believe so. that's on the calendar, dude. I love that game. I think if uh, if people haven't played it, just play it. It's so short. I'm excited a couple to nights play it again it. because my impressions of it the first time weren't super strong. So, and you like walking simulators? Cause you I do. Like I do. That, uh, you 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 dabbled in some of those. So yeah, I'm hoping that I'll have a different view on it the second time. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that you know I didn't wasn't as hot on it as uh, everybody else seemed to be. So, okay, interesting. I did not know that. Okay, well, hopefully that you like you like it when we come back and uh, talk about it. Uh, other than that, I think Dave, you got anything? No, I'm good. Play more games. Play more games. Watch more movies. Do something. As always, safe travels, nomads. <laughs> One more kiss, dear. One.
his goodbye for our love is such passion such pleasure I will treasure until I die like the sunbeam upon high will return to the sky I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten hours of game. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. 